Today on the Soda Pod, we're jumping into the hoppy hour right off the bat. Then we got a little Minnesota Wild and NHL news. It's it's a thin one this week, folks, but we do have an unreal Tim Peel's hot mic of the week, bringing that back this Monday episode. All that and more on episode 184 of the Soda Pod. Let's go. the wildwoods of vancouver island welcome to the soda pod you should join me here alongside the state of hoppy and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening how's it going hoppy it's going good man uh finally actually for the first time in a while got back out and hit some breweries and uh i don't know sitting here watching the olympics for the first time really since it started either and uh Man, just remembered from watching Spit and Chicklets that uh, apparently Teddy Purcell's fiance, I think it is, is on the, I think, number one seeded Olympic beach volleyball pairing. Um, so that was an interesting tidbit that Soon I remember. Soon to be dethroned by either of Canada's two elite pairings who are crushing it in beach volleyball right now. You just don't even have beaches. Are you kidding me? I live in the Hawaii of Canada. We are the beaches. This is where the training camp is. Actually, the the rugby sevens, the beach volleyball, and the rowers all train out of Victoria on Vancouver Island. So there you go. Man, you are the easiest person to bait ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's calling uh, me out on Twitter for it? Was it Brave the Wild? They're like, I, I love I love when Isha just goes nuts with his Canada shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably him. <laughs> First one to defend anything Canadian. Well, yes, I am the Canadian, so there you go. You're half Canadian. <laughs> half Canadian, yeah. It's uh it's some sort of complex there. But anyways, um, I'm buzzing, man. Um, on to uh, I've had a couple beers today as well. Excited to crack this one here uh momentarily, and we'll dive into the hoppy hour in a sec. Just wanted to remind everyone that you can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at the soda pod. If you want to leave us a wild hot take, tell us what you're drinking, uh, participate in our make good choices segment, leave a story for us something like that you can always find us and hit us up on our text and voicemail at 612-324-1684 again that's 612-324-1684 and again find us at the soda pod at the soda pod the hockey podcast network and the soda pod is proudly powered by DraftKings, a leader in daily fantasy sports use promo code thpn for a sign up bonus and if you're already a regular user, plug that promo code in for a weekly deal. On the other side, let's dive into the Hoppy Hour here on episode 184 of the Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak! To Stalak! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops it you're all hopped out all right hoppy hour on this sunday the night we're recording you all listening here on monday uh really excited to drink a victoria beer hoin brewing it's their pilsner uh one of the best pilsners ever the can art pretty pretty good hoin keeps it simple though iconic stuff like their dark matter um 5.3 percent it's it's just again it's a simple pilsner, but it's one of the best pilsners out there. You know, everything from like color malt hops is all around that mid range. So really great, easy drinking beer uh, in any in any season. So uh, cheers with uh, the pilsner from our friends at Hoyne. Oh baby, 
All right, over here, I actually just went out and hit a couple breweries today, so I guess that's Sunday for anyone listening on the podcast, and uh, went to Abel um, oh, nice. Brewery and Cedary, and uh, actually, that was number 99 for me of Minnesota breweries. I don't know where I'm at across the board. I'll have to check my Google map, but uh, yeah, 99, coming up on the big 100. That's exciting and depressing all at the same time. Um, after we, where are you going to go for the big 100? Ah, uh, pretty, pretty confident that it's going to end up being a junkyard Drecker combo. We'll see. There you go. That That's the plan as of now. But uh, after we stopped at uh, Abel, uh, as I actually mentioned to Isha, as we were recording something else with uh, our buddy Joel over at brewery travels, <laughs> uh, there's like 10 other breweries that are like within very immediate proximity of Abel. And uh, so we like actually sat there and figured out where we wanted to go. Had to be dog friendly, had to be blah, blah, blah. She checked the menus and we landed at Head Flyer. Um, and this is one that uh, love the the name first and foremost here. Babe, the blue um, obviously got the Minnesota plug there. But uh, more important here, Isha, uh, love the beer itself. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, so. This is a blueberry lager, and for anyone Ooh. who had, uh, I want to say it was Grain Belt who came out with like a blueberry beer, that was literally diabetes in a can. Like, I can understand why people loved the flavor, but it was just straight sugar, and Isha said it more times than I'm sure you care to listen, but I don't want it to be overly sweet, and this is Same just juice. It's beer. Yes, this is the perfect balance. This is just a nice, light, crisp that little subtle taste of blueberry and it's fucking delicious. Ooh, that's awesome. Well, cheers to you because uh Wednesday I'm crack- cracking open a sour and I don't have high hopes. So got to soak it all in on this Monday episode <laughs> here. Um, I don't know. I, I, I got some ideas for what I'm going to bring uh Friday. I got, I got a couple more of these Phillips uh, citrus cities, India pale ales left, but uh, I've talked about them enough on the podcast. So I gotta, I gotta change it up. So I got uh, some ideas for the Friday episode. I actually like reconnected with someone uh, last week who, uh, if she's listening to the podcast right now, Stacy, I'm sorry. I haven't texted you back. My phone's been on the fritz. Uh, Stacy knows her beer and uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm gutted and I'm really disappointed that our conversations ended there. So on the off chance you're listening to this podcast, Stacy, uh, my phone's dead. That's why we haven't continued to text. She's a great, she's a beer expert in herself and was going to give me some suggestions. So uh, hopefully I'll have my phone back by the time this podcast is out there. And I hope Stacy's actually listening because that would really, that would help with the explaining I have to do in the next couple of days here, Hoppy. But anyways, uh, Enough of my personal life here on this soda pod. Uh, let's dive in. <laughs> Toffee's loving it to some hockey talk here on the other side. Uh, we'll we'll start with some uh, some Minnesota Wild talk here in episode 184 of the Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. what you don't realize is why i'm laughing is because i'm gonna have so much fun using that as a promotional clip good <laughs> the toronto maple leafs hoppy they sign uh <laughs> fan favorite 
I say, uh, emphasizing the question mark, uh, Manel to a one-year $750,000 contract. So, uh, Brendan Manel, who was apparently, you know, hardball, playing hardball when it came to his contract, settled for a one-year, very palatable contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team where, shit, he may not even get that many minutes this year unless the, the, the team gets banged up on the back end. Um, <laughs> how do you think Minnesota Wild uh, fans... You know, ones especially on Twitter are reacting to this. Well, they have not reacted well to this. No, not at all. <laughs> um, it's 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 split. I would say it's like two thirds, three fourths are like, "Fuck you, Bill Guerin. Why didn't you get this done?" And then there's the other corner with me that's like, "Yeah, all right, good luck playing for Toronto. I don't think you're gonna crack the lineup, but good for you, buddy." Yeah, and you're gonna get taxed as shit up there in Canada, so. Congratulations. He, I think he got an extra like 100 or 50k right, on his uh on his AHL deal but like come on man really leaving the team where you have a better chance of cracking the lineup yeah. with the NHL squad and the fans and- <laughs> like you and you haven't even really suited up for the team. Yeah, they've defended him through this bullshit which let's be real like if there's one thing we know about Bill Guerin it's that no one is going to make him the bitch. No. So you come in and you try and dictate terms with him when you've proven zero, absolutely zero thus far. Come on, man. Like, that, again, good luck. Like, I wish no ill will towards him. He's just not going to have a great go of it with Toronto unless there's some injuries. Thanks for the conditional seventh, bud. <laughs> Thanks for the memories. Um, Hobby, do you see the piece uh, in the Players' Tribune that came out, uh, the, the one that Ryan Suter actually said is, you know, his farewell to the fans it was it was it was pretty good i'm not going to be able to dissect it too much um i'm sure hardcore minnesota wild fans uh who loved ryan Suter from the beginning and shit i haven't met too many of those but you'll probably tear up as you read this as as it's from the heart it's pretty cool that Suter outlines that like look i'm not a talker you know i i i reflect everything in my play and and, and things like that but he went pretty deep here and with help from whoever was, was helping him write. Whoever wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Whoever wrote it. Um, it, it was, it was awesome. He was candid as usual, but really, really like thankful and just showed how much he loves Minnesota. He even said like, don't worry when I hang him up, like I will be back in the state of hockey. This is home. This is where my family calls home. This is where we want to be. Um, one, one good uh, quote that I, that I did pull from that. I want to share is, uh, he said, even though it wasn't our choice to move on, nothing can put a damper on how incredible our time has been here. And then he went on to say, like, we will be back. So encourage all Minnesota Wild fans who haven't already to uh, to read the article. It's good read, simple read. Um, Hoppy, did you have a chance to check that out at all? Well, Ishaq, I think this means the official end of the Quick Trip era because he made no mention of them throughout that article. I, I think... He's severed ties. We're actually going to see who might take over as that quick trip spokesman, which it's not going to be the duo of Felino brothers at this point, of course. Um, so speculation will continue to run wildly. I like the suggestion of the, the whole Spurgeon family, all kids and all that. on that one. I, I like that. Well, one. it's because they've used them for local commercials down here too, for like, what was it? Air conditioning or something like that, but it's his whole family. So I, I can see where that's an okay spinoff. I still think Kalen Addison's the no brainer, but there's there's a lot of good options on this team with the hair and mustache. I mean, how you know how can't you sell that? It's amazing. Um, moving right along, let's dive into some NHL stuff. Look, Minnesota Wild Talk. It's, it's this is pretty... this is Minnesota Wild Talk. 
It, yeah, I guess so. It's pretty thin, you know, as far as just like news coming out directly from the team. Um, but Eichel, there's been some news. The 31 Thoughts podcast dropped recently, and there was a huge segment talking about Eichel, the doctors, his surgery, and the time with the Buffalo Sabres. I also read that Buff. I read a quote coming from Eichel's agent, also Hoppy, over the weekend. Um, pretty, pretty candid. Uh, documenting and stating the displeasure that the whole Eichel camp has continued to have with the Buffalo Sabres in the whole trading process. And that, and that they're still confident that Eichel will not be a Buffalo Sabre come the beginning of next season, but back to the doctor's thoughts on 31 thoughts. I'll hand it over to to you to, to kind of highlight uh, some interesting things from this. And a lot of people have been talking about it on Twitter as well. I mean, you can see, though, why everyone started talking about his character flaws, because clearly this is an organization that really promotes him in the best state of mind, just fully equipped to be a leader. What a bunch of donkeys, Um, man. And it's tough, too, because first, I'm not going to try and regurgitate what was on that podcast. If you haven't, for some reason, do yourself a favor and listen to 31 thoughts, the episode with his doctor on. And uh, it's basically, is he going to do a fusion or is he going to do a disc replacement? Again, the doctor will break down the pros and cons of both. The bigger thing here, Isha is Eichel's health, right? Like this is a guy who's got to look at not only the next couple of years playing in the NHL, but what happens in 10, 20 years. And it's a messed up situation where the team has control based on the CBA. They get to decide what he does or doesn't do. And I understand to an extent where that might be the case. There's got to be some kind of clause that you can have in there where like, again, he's doing what he is told by many is the right move for him. And, you know, I understand they've got 10 million invested in this guy. So they aren't going to let him do something where no NHL player has played after one, but we're also talking about a small sample size, but like where, where do we bridge that gap, right? Where the team isn't getting screwed by potentially losing that investment, but also Eichel making the right choice for himself. Like, is there an opt out where he says, Hey, if I'm not able to come back, I guess I'm forfeiting the money. If I elect this surgery or how, how how do we move forward from something like this? Yeah. It's something where like, you just don't, you don't predict this when you're writing CBA clauses and stuff like that too. You don't, you don't predict a situation like this for a player who's so young who has to butting heads with an organization. Furthermore, you don't really, you don't really forecast that an organization is going to be like, as Hoppy said, a bunch of donkeys here and not handling things the right way from, from the get go. So it's an interesting one. I don't know. I still don't know where it goes. I imagine that when Buffalo Buffalo's still going to end up trading him and whatever team he goes to is just going to allow him to to do what he wants and 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 you know continue that direction. Um, as far as the fusion go, I know that perhaps like later in life there's some complications there. Um, we see it in the UFC a lot, uh, professional fighting and boxings, where the fusion is kind of especially in the neck is the step that they take versus the the disc replacement. So I am just interested to see as like from a hockey perspective versus, you know, a completely different sport in fighting or boxing, um, just what what it's going to look like down the road for this player. And again, I encourage everyone to go listen to the the podcast as well as there's so much you can just learn from either either avenue and 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 either option that Jack Eichel and uh, and his camp decide to take. And did you listen to it, Isha? Yeah, I listened to it today. Okay. I was going to say, I, 
things you said there made me really want to jump in and actually try and repeat what the doctor said, but we'll, we'll leave that for everyone to go listen to the expert. Let's move on to a topic that Hoppy, you were fired up about when we were uh, <laughs> prior to recording here. Um, oh, Sergey Zubov's jersey is being retired with the Dallas Stars. He spent 12 years with that organization. Um, you're just you're just swooning over this player. Well, it's less that I'm swooning about this player than, you know, let, let's just say, Isha, first and foremost, I do think Sergei Zubov was elite, like in the top tier of defensemen when he played and was a pretty big name that you would have associated with the Dallas Stars, you know, a couple decades ago. I, I got to ask, though, like straight up, who is the better, more impactful player between him and Miko Koivu? Oh, I would say Zubov. Yeah, a defenseman who put up more points than Miko Koivu throughout his career is already a big statement. But again, I this isn't trying to dig at Koivu at all. I still think that he was phenomenal for what he brought to the Wild. This is more a shout-out saying that it's been 12 years since Sergei Zubov retired, and he is just now getting his jersey up in the rafters. Don't freak out if Koivu doesn't get his jersey retirement ceremony this goddamn season because it's oh. going to happen. They're going to freak out, Isha. They're going to bringing bringing the heat there. I mean, I'm I've been vocal saying that like I don't if we're going by like how much that means getting your number retired, your jersey retired for an organization like that for me is reserved for like superstar players. You know, the Vancouver Canucks, for example, they have a ring of honor where like the likes of, you know, Jovanovsky, Ed Jovanovsky, Alex Burrows, those type of players will go there, but they still reserve, you know, the number retirement for the elite in the Pavel Burries, the Marcus Naslins and whatnot, you know, Daniel and Henrik Sedin, they'll go up there as well. Zubov, you know, for me, like, I don't know if he's quite there, but I can I'm on, I'm on the fringe. But I could totally get behind him being there before Amiko Koivu being hung in the rafters. And I've been very vocal about that on this podcast before. Love everything about Miko Koivu. Love how much he means to the Minnesota Wild. He wasn't an elite superstar player. Thus, he's a ring of honor player, not a number retired player. Zubov. I mean, it's very, very close coming yep. out of the gate being, you know, <laughs> being helped out by uh, Messier there on the Rangers, you know, his second season, 89 points in 78 games. He was a point per game defenseman and had some damn good defensive play as well throughout most of his career. But again, there's an argument on either side of the equation. Yeah, for sure. And again, this isn't at all to like shit on Miko Koiv or anything. This is just to say that everyone expects an immediate Jersey retirement. And I think it's okay, whether it does or doesn't happen. If you take a little bit of time to actually evaluate that decision, it doesn't oh, have yeah. to happen right away. Look again, I'm, I'm a Canucks fan. You could probably throw a Pittsburgh uh, comparison, uh, comparison in there as well. Like Burray's Jersey didn't get retired for years. After. That was recently. It was like in the last four or five years or something like that, where his Jersey even went up there. I, I think that was obviously his relationship with the Vancouver Canucks had soured since he'd played there. So there had to be some, some things worked out, but, but still like, I, I, I agree with what you say there. Nothing happens overnight. Uh, yeah. Pittsburgh's still waiting on an ageless wonder to actually retire from the sport of hockey before they can actually put his Jersey up. Yes. Um, and it's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to happen for a little while longer. <laughs> it's probably going to be a little bit, man. I, that, that's the real question now is whose Jersey gets retired first. Yarmir Yager, by the way. Yeah, 
who, who gets retired first between Yager and Malkin slash Crosby? Like he might outlast them. Oh, I honestly think he'll out he'll outlast at least one of them because he's still just going to keep playing whatever it is, Division Three. Um. <laughs> Man, good for him. But see, I'm I'm someone that holds this stuff really serious too, Isha. Like I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Chris Letang should have his jersey retired. No, not convinced that Mark Andre Fleury should. And you ask Pittsburgh fans, they're immediate locks to really? get a jersey. No, no, yeah, no, no. I, I, locks I, I, in I, Pittsburgh is Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Absolutely. Those are locks. If if those don't end up in the rafters, that means that Ron Hextall messed something up really bad those with one of those two, relationships. And- and then you just throw Chris Kunitz up there to fuck with the entire league. I would, I'm, kidding. I'm, I would kidding. Embrace, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know you are. I would embrace the troll job. I would. But yeah, it's, much, it's those two, Yager, Lemieux, and of course, uh, oh man, I'm spacing on his name now. Um, I got to look it up real quick. You didn't know there was another Jersey retired? Um, In Pittsburgh? Oh, fuck. Um. Yeah, I don't know who it is either. I'm pretty. I'm buzzing, by the way. That's why my oh, words are slurred okay. on you, this you Monday. You can trim episode. some of this up a little bit. Ah, Michel Briere, number twenty-one, and that's because back in oh gosh, now I'm even going to be struggling harder. Back in the seventies, I think it was pretty early in the franchise's existence. Um, Michel Briere was an absolute stud. Had an incredible rookie year. And then actually ended up uh, dying in a, a car accident the next year. So that's the one jersey that was actually up with Lemieux. Wow. Uh, 161 points in the Quebec Junior League. Yeah, that wasn't a joke. No. 159 points in 50 games. 54 goals, 105 assists. Um, again, in his first season in the Quebec Junior League. Yeah, and this is a hobby. He played one NHL season, 76 games, 44 points in uh, 69-70. And he, uh, they so, made so the playoffs right. that year. 70s, yeah, 70s. they made the playoffs <laughs> that year. Dude, five goals, three assists, and 10 playoff games in his rookie season. So, yeah, he was a stud. Again, he, he was a stud, and you know that that unfortunately was the end of the great story of his career, which you wonder what happens with the whole franchise we're not going to go down that rabbit hole but uh no. yeah a guy that deserves to have the number up there yes, and be remembered that, yeah that well deserved for sure and it's 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 those type of stories those players you know unfortunate but that need to be honored and the no question superstars again malkin crosby lemieux yager like yep. those and are the I, numbers of- I still think that it's going to happen for koivu again don't necessarily agree but i think it will happen and in a weird circumstance like that had the team around for what two decades and he's well, the only guy that's really there you go it's the unique situation of well it's not our fault that the team hasn't had superstars you got to you got to retire someone's number who's uh, eventually you got to no, do this for the it's, fans it's 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 more the the sentimental aspect to it of how much he meant to the yeah. fan base and he was really the only name that you could cling to besides Marion Gabrick which let's be real he no, kind of left in bad I taste think Rangers, so he's not getting well, it I, I know and I'm gonna get killed for this but I know when I step foot in Minnesota but like I think Rangers when I think Gabrick more so than Minnesota these days because that it was just, it's it's still more fresh fresh of mind where he still put up the numbers right LA you don't want to think about that, even though I'm pretty sure he won a he cup. Got a cup. He got a yeah. cup. <laughs> still, Did, he got didn't a he just? No- didn't he just win a cup with Tampa? Oh, <laughs> look at that! No, but you know what I mean. Like no, Koivu's that only player where anyone you know who's in there, you know, 
even someone who's in their early 20s or, you know, 30s like us or pushing 30 for me anyways. You're already there. Um, Koivu is the name that you think wild first, right? You, Miko Koivu, it, it, it's, uh, it's Minnesota Not wild. most recently. Uh, well, come on. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying there? <laughs> Uh, may, maybe at the end of the day it's Spurgeon, but for now it's uh, it's Koivu. <laughs> I still think there's a lot more for Spurgeon to do if he wants that. I, again, I I don't know. I hold a pretty high standard for a jersey retirement. Ring of Honor is a different story. I zero hesitation if there was a Ring of Honor to throw Koivu up immediately. Koivu, totally fine with that. Gabrick, you know, even uh, <laughs> even Bouchard, throw him in there. Like you know what I'm saying? Eh, maybe. No, I, that's Ring of Honor worthy. But hey, we could do a whole episode about this shit. So, so you're can... super strict on jersey retirements, but you just kind of throw out like candy. Yes. Ring of Honors. Okay, exactly that. Because cool. that's the fucking ceremony. That's exactly what's going to get that. people in, you know? <laughs> um, update on the Fial and Caprizov contract, Hoppy. You are, uh, you're, you know, you're best friends with Russo there. I'll, uh, I'll hand this one off to you. I'm best friends with Russo. Yes, the update. Did you all get that? I can do it a little slower if you need me to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I mean, we're not going to spend any time on this. There's no update. The game is still being played. Um, It's August 1st at the time of this recording. So Um, important note, it is August 1st at the time of this recording. Nothing has been done to upgrade the center ice position. So that's potentially a factor. We cannot ignore the Rask effect. No, no. So that's in August. Like there's still a little bit of wiggle room, but these guys need to be signed. That is Fiala and or Kaprizov. And the center position needs to be addressed, whether that's giving up a Fiala or Kaprizov. So this month though, there's, it's going to be quiet for a bit. There's going to like, the ground is going to shake soon, Hoppy, because there's going to have to be some, there's going to be some news coming out of the wild organization very soon, whether it come, whether it's the signings or uh, a groundbreaking trade. Yeah, and important to bring up too, though, because uh, I actually at least will hear this argument about the Eichel debate. I threw up a poll where we got uh, 466 votes. Not bad. Um, We'll circle back to that a little bit more once some of the Eichel stuff gets flushed out when we see if he plays or not. I am actually a little humbled. Only 6% said, I hate you for the option. So I thought that'd be a higher number. So thank you to those who didn't vote that. Well, I mean, they're saying that to you, not me. They probably still hate me. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. They probably do. <laughs> but um, comment from uh, budding writer Aaron Heckman. Sorry, I have to say that. That's how Russo always introduces No, and I want Aaron to come on. I've, I've, <laughs> he, I should. he should. Yeah, we should. Aaron, you want to come on the show, buddy? Well, did you He's see? A... Russo gave him a shout out and said, like, Love it. man, you should work here. I vouch for it. I'm like, uh, yep, I do too. <laughs> Aaron, jump on the soda pod. We'll bring him on soon because, yeah, he's yeah. killing it. He, he should come on soon. But he he made a good point where he said, for me, it's a no because of cap space rather than injury, character, assets, whatever. Um, but you've got Kaprizov, Ben Eichel, if you bring him in, Eck, Zuccarello, Spurgeon, Brodeen, and buyouts. That's roughly 56 mil. I haven't checked that math, but I believe him because he's probably better at math than I am. Um, so assuming Fiala and Dumba are gone, that's still only 25 and a half mil to fill eight forwards, four D and two goalies. Not really enough to create a contender, even banking on prospects in his opinion, 
which you know I, I think that's a fair rebuttal. And I kind of shot right back at him and said, okay, so even if Bill Guerin makes no other moves, doesn't bring any significant pieces in, you must think that Fiala and or Dumba has to go, right? Because even with the cap evaluation, you got those two numbers added in instead of Eichel. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he, he basically said, yeah, unfortunately, I, I do oh. think that's the case, especially when we have to address the center situation somehow. I. But so, I mean, what, what do we do with that, right? Like, with or without Eichel, like, the Fiala piece is difficult to figure out, especially there's reports he's asking for seven or eight mil, and at that point, guess what? For an extra two or three mil? I'll take Eichel. <laughs> well, if man, well, what else was he going to ask for? Seven or eight is exactly where Fiala was going to was going to land. No, uh, no, I don't think so. At you all. don't. I think a hundred percent seven, five, eight million dollar player. I think that's wrong. You think? Well, you think he's a six million dollar player? I do. Yeah, I think six, six and a half is right. If he wants long term. Oh, if he wants long term, but he's not getting more than four years probably right now. I. Uh, I don't know about that. I heard he was asking for seven or eight mil and he wanted five or six years at least. I don't know. It's tough. Man. We'll it's see tough. Cause, Taylor, Cause like Taylor out. Hall just got his, you know, $6 million AV. So is Fiala a better player than Taylor Hall? Like, I don't know. Taylor Hall has been a proven 70 to 80 point player in the national hockey league. Well, that's what's tough, man. Fiala has all the promise in the world. To, the proofs in the pudding. Like he hasn't put it together consistently and absolutely if I'm his representatives, I'm explaining who he's played with and why that is. But the fact is, you can't ask for that big of money when you really haven't proven it. I don't know, man. Like, Kaprizov's a little bit different beast, right? And you understand why you have that to it kind is. of pay. I, it, it, oh, it's I hate it's that it is because Fiala, he did. And I, I'm biased because I, I, I fucking love Fiala as a player. And I'm I gonna... like Fiala more than Kaprizov. Kaprizov, like, more obviously polarizing talent right now but i yeah, think polarizing the exactly. ceiling is higher for fiala if he gets put with the right people yeah man and that that's the thing it's like he's gone through it in the national hockey league whereas he's played in the ahl he's he's played on the third and you know the third second line with with nashville he's come over he's faced some adversity and then he went on a bridge deal to prove himself and for the most part he has but again hasn't put it together consistently and you know it sucks for him that this covid19 pandemic occurred because that obviously that obviously compromised you know his trying to prove it his development for lack of a better word that that extra step in the national hockey league and in his career clearly compromised that a little bit so it's not really fair but he went through the grind and went off a bridge deal so like i don't blame him in his camp for wanting that contract at all i'm not saying it's I'm not saying there's anything wrong with him asking for it. I'm saying for fans to think that that's what he should make, I don't agree. That's what I'd be asking for because it's on the high end of what could be expected there. But I I really think six, six and a half is the more reasonable number. But then we flip to the other side of the table. The fuck has Kaprizov proven? I'm sorry. He, he He looked great. He looked great. But man, that's the smallest sample size in the world. And this guy's coming in still trying to dictate terms. A shortened season. Shortened season in a a cupcake division. I will not. uh, I I don't get people. The regular listeners know. But, man, you look at it like Garen has already thrown out the olive branch, right? He gave him a free year off before this 
RFA negotiation. Like he gave him that free year when the league wouldn't let him play in the bubble. And he's like, you know what? I'll still do this because I want you over here that bad. And now he's trying to dick things around. Like, yeah, I want a two or three year deal. Walk me straight to free agency. Fuck you. Yeah. I don't know. It's I side with, I side with Billy Garrett on that, on that front where it's like, look, you're not going to strong arm me in the organization. Like that, that's not, right. if you want to be here and win, let's make it happen. If not, bye bye. And I get like, there's passionate fans and this is, this is the really first superstar you've had. Right. I understand why you're anxious on edge about this. Sorry, but... Fiala was the first superstar. He's the second. Sure. <laughs> I'm just being a dick. <laughs> well, Fiala's the one that butted that everyone thought was a stupid trade, which uh, you've heard my opinions on Granland. I loved that trade from the beginning. But like that's the one that like kind of came out and surprised people whereas they've been waiting and salivating over Kaprizov for a couple of know, years now and they finally got him here but like the people that are freaking out like oh Garen just give him whatever he wants you can't kindly be quiet yeah. kindly be quiet you can't give him whatever he wants and win a championship it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that especially with uh, some two buyouts that are on the books <laughs> even if that's not the case no I know don't uh, throw I know. the bag at a guy like this and I know you're not in saying that i just like uh i don't know man love talking wild this one got heated i thought this point was really gonna be just like two seconds but... <laughs> i was just about to say <laughs> yeah uh last thing we'll get into this segment before we throw it to a tim peels hot mic of the week evander kane is in the news again he's not fighting any paul brothers so you know it ain't good hoppy and it wasn't good it was i was actually fucking horrible to be perfectly honest like Oh man, um, you know, take it away. I'll let you comment on it first. I got a list of some things that I want to get into after, but just what were your, your first reactions upon reading the story of Vander Kane's wife, soon to be ex-wife, I imagine, basically calling him out on Instagram and taking a couple shots at him in the NHL as well. Yeah, he'll laugh, but the first thing that came to mind when I saw this was Isha's going to have fun with this because... Every time he's in the news, you get giddy and you're excited to talk about it on here. Thanks so I know boy. you've, I know you've got a list brewed up over there. Honestly, it's one of those things where he's had enough things go the wrong way that he's kind of lost the benefit of the doubt. Oh, one hundred. Otherwise, with other people, I'd be sitting here being like, "Well, oh, crap, this is a uh, clearly a disgruntled marriage." And we don't know who's doing what, but I think at this point we're all pretty clear on the fact that he did this and not to belittle other things, but this is like towards the top of the list of things that irks me. Right. Like, obviously we got the, the may of the world, right. Who are absolute scumbags. This guy though, like I it's, it's just so dishonest, like lacks the integrity where like, we know you got a gambling problem. That's fine. You actually have to bring it to the point of like betting on the sport you play. Come on, man. Like I, I just have no respect for that. Well, for, for, for the listeners who don't know, you know what, what the fuck is going down. Basically his wife called him out and I'm not going to get through the quote here. Actually check everyday hockey on YouTube as we just dropped a video oh. where he went a little more in depth on that and read the quotes, but essentially Vander Kane's wife, you know, called out to him on Instagram, wrote a massive, massive note saying that like, you have the audacity to fly to Europe, fly to Vegas, bet all this money while I'm here pregnant with our two kids, you know, packing up our shit because we our, our house is being repossessed because of your gambling issue. This and this and that. 
you know, and then kind of ended it with a bold statement saying, we all know the person you are, you know, Evander Kane, like enough of the bullshit, which like good on you, you know, for his wife there. Um, a couple other things, you know, tweets out, Hey, NHL, Gary Bettman. I didn't know that you allowed players to gamble on their own games. Hoppy, this is the one thing where like, I don't think that's the case because I watched actually a ton of San Jose games last season. Um, you he know, had a good year. Co- co-worker here and, uh, you know, co-creator of the Hockey Podcast Network, Dylan Kayser, uh covers the San Jose Sharks for the Stick Hungry podcast. And he told me, look, like I watched a lot of, I've, wa- I've been watching hockey for a long time and I watched a lot of Sharks games this year. Vander Kane was one of the only players on the team who gave a fuck. And he said, like, I would have never... And, and it's not even a reflection in points. It was that all the little things he was doing well, you know, whereas in hockey, like, sure, you can score goals, but still blow a game if you're just going to play loose defense in the neutral zone or, you know, this and this and that. So I will push back on that a little bit. Maybe there was, uh-huh. a, maybe there was an instance here and there, sure. But the best part, and there's nothing funny about how he's treating his family here, but the best part again, and I'm, I'm rooting for his, his, uh, his wife here is, and I don't have it in front of me verbatim hoppy, but tweeted out a picture of gambling problem for dummies, um, tag the sharks and was like, you know, San Jose sharks, like you should have, uh, San Jose sharks and Evander Kane, like you should have seen that your boy is not really good at the tables. If his teammates have to get him this book, a bud, and it was just like written like a bud at the end. And I was like, fucking oh, rights is that a Canadian oh. shot? Um, you know, Evander Kane, there, there's no excuse. There's no benefit of the doubt. Like you said, Hoppy, I have a list of, of, of things here, a list of headlines that I'll, uh, that I'll read out. Do you want, you can add something first if you want though. Well, I just want to add, I I'm with you that I don't think he was throwing games. Doesn't mean that he's not betting on the NHL, which he just flat out cannot do. And I bet, I bet he, that, guess what? Guess what? Sharks weren't good. I don't care how well he plays in a game. He can still bet against his team and be like, yeah, my team's not going to win. Fair Which, enough like, and good it, points. It's not, it's not as bad as throwing a game, but still, like, it's pretty black and white. You cannot bet on your games. It just, it just fucking sucks, man. Because, like, this guy, what a waste of talent. Problems, oh have, fo- problems have followed him everywhere since being drafted and leaving the Vancouver Giants of the WHL. He clearly needs help. And I really hope the NHL tries to help him versus just make it easier for another team to acquire his services. And it just continues because I have here a list of things that these aren't even all of his infractions because there's probably more, but these are just things that were in headline in, in press headlines uh, since Evander Kane has been in the NHL, obviously the cosmopolitan issue where he took out uh loans of over $500,000 during the playoffs against the Vegas golden Knights. There's a whole billboard incident uh, over Oak push uh, over, oh, sorry, over posh one Oak nightclub in LA where um, it was basically like a love letter to his girlfriend at the time. Uh, Mara Teagan with her ad agency um, also you know, printed there as well. So read into that as you want uh, an over $115,000 fine for knocking over a referee in his career during a playoff in a playoff game. Obviously the whole money phone uh, Instagram picture with his time with the jets, uh, the whole track suit debacle where he um, came to a Winnipeg jets team meeting late in a track suit uh, Dustin Bufflin proceeded to throw all his clothes in the shower after that. Uh, wasn't a big team guy there with the Winnipeg Jets. 
Uh, he missed an important practice while with the Jets, apparently, after partying way too hard at an NBA All-Star game. Now, nothing against people who want to party at an NBA All-Star game. Just get to practice on time, whether you're hungover or not. And, you know, the cream of the crop, the worst of it, where it really makes this guy a scumbag, much like some of these other people we've talked about uh, recently on the podcast, two assault charges, Hoppy. One in 2013 in Vancouver, British Columbia, while part of the Winnipeg Jets, and another, another which this one's well documented in 2016 with the Buffalo Sabres. This guy, everywhere he goes, shit seems to follow him. It's clearly like there's an issue there with the person, and, and he needs help. Whether it's his gambling problem, whether it's just mental health, whether it's whether it's something, you know, helping to build on character issues. Because we talk about character issues with another player, but I mean. This guy's bounced around the league. He's still been able to put up points, but it doesn't seem like uh, it doesn't seem like Vander Kane's going to get an, another chance after this because there's only so much Doug Wilson and Co. in San Jose are going to do to help him post, you know, all the gambling stuff that came out earlier this year, right? Sure, but like we saw there with, well, Mr. D'Angelo, second chances get given out, and who knows? Uh, it won't be with the Sharks, and probably shouldn't be, but give it time. Guy will probably play somewhere because that's just how the league works. But it, it, as far as his mental health is concerned, a piece that we forgot to include on our outline that we should touch on real quick, Isha, he's going to at least be in a little bit better headspace now that he doesn't have to sit there and think about how he can try and chirp Ryan Reeves nonstop because he got sent out to the New York Islanders on a Tom Wilson prevention contract, which is absolutely Rangers, hilarious. Right? Rangers, not Islanders. Oh, shit. I thought I said Rangers. Sorry. <laughs> yes. New York Rangers, because they need someone that can handle Tom Wilson. <laughs> and I love he was it. Even, <laughs> I love Jay it. Fresh even posted like, and Ryan Reeves can do this. Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson. <laughs> I love it because leave it to the Rangers, right? The, of, of course they would do this. I love it. I I, uh, I know it's old school. I know, you know, like our buddy Brett Marsh is probably rolling, rolling his eyes at me right now. Um, it's going to make headlines. It's going to make for viewing. Like I'm going to watch that first game. 100% I'm going to watch the first Rangers and Capitals game because of that storyline. You know, they're going to fight. There's no, I mean, there's some ill will. Cause I'm sure those players just don't like each other in general. I don't think they're going to fight. Oh, they're going to fight. I don't think, I don't think Tom Wilson will fight him, buddy. Tom Wilson's going to fight him. 100%. That might have to be a beer bet when the season comes up. We we should, but uh, I like this. And look, he's not going to get much time with the Rangers, much like he didn't get much time with the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't really know what the Rangers are thinking as far as like, don't you want to build up your roster spots there for players that are actually going to take it to the next level? Because this team is you in mean development. Like, you mean like Barclay Goodrow? <laughs> what a deal. Um, <laughs> because this team is taking the next step, but I, but I understand it for everything that I just said there in regards to like, this is going to get eyes on Rangers games, which, hey, that's what the NHL loves. It's old school. We're not going to have many more Reeves and Tom Wilsons, you know, in the league for much longer. So for those people who can empathize with how I view the game, soak it in, soak it in and go check out the fourth line pod, fourth line voice podcast. If you want more uh, fight stuff, shout out the Bob Prover Invitational that just wrapped up. The boogeyman didn't win this year, Hoppy, but he, he took the gold last year. So, hey, he, he made it, I believe, to the semifinals. There you go. Um, all right. I think I think that's everything. We kind of I don't I don't want to say the train went off the tracks because it was all wild talk there, but we really went 
deep into <laughs> Kaprizov and Fiala there, which I thought, yeah, I thought we were going to be done a lot quicker I know, here. I know. <laughs> uh, last segment of the show, we'll throw it to uh, a UFC special, Tim Peel's Hot Mic of the Week. Back by popular demand, mostly because Isha forgot to do one last week, and it was a hella busy week in the hockey world. Tim Peel's Hot Mic of the Week. And you know what? I spend so much time going through MLB, NHL, NFL, trying to find the perfect ones, trying to find the ones that will you know put a smile on Hoppy's face or maybe even get a chuckle out of him or any of our guests. UFC is probably one of the best spots for hot mics, whether it's coming out of the corners and the coaches are just going nuts, whether it's in between, um, well, in between rounds, just some of the shit that's said, you know, with the fighters and then the coaches or post fight, which is what I got for you tonight here. Um, number one, I got Derek Lewis after an unreal knockout victory. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. I understand. Listen, man, what you just did was absolutely phenomenal. I understand. Like hell you do, Joe Rogan. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, uh, a crazy uppercut. Derek Lewis won this fight after he looked bad in the first and second round. Comes back and hits a banger with that. Uh, His balls are hot. Um, Joe Rogan? Oh, sorry. Derek, Derek Lewis came back in the fight. Joe Rogan is the one who interviewed him post post fight. Are you sure? Yes. hundred percent. That's his. Okay. So it's, that's his job with okay. the UFC. Oh, so yeah. Okay. I didn't know yeah. that. So that's good. Uh, Cause he, he sounds similar to Dana White. So I was yeah. just making sure you didn't just like think it was a different bald guy. No, no, no. A hundred percent Joe Rogan. Um, okay. We're good. We're good. All um, right. Next one. Number two, Nate Diaz. If anyone watches the UFC, you know, Nate Diaz, uh, you know, the Diaz brothers, you know, polarizing fighters in themselves, uh, getting advice after a win from, uh, from brother Nick. Having the experience of your brother fighting him before, what advice did he tell you going in? If he thought I should do something, he'd tell me specifically, but he didn't really he just train hard. He says, go beat that motherfucker's ass. Don't be a bitch, you know? There you go. Goodness. Nice job. Back to you, Kenny. <laughs> My favorite part is I couldn't set it up. Wait, back to you. <laughs> oh, man. All right, two bangers there. No hobby. I think I brought the heat this week. You know what? Until the last seconds, I was going to go with the Derek Lewis one because I, I just thought that was a funny response and they played it off. Yes, the fact that uh, apparently Joe Rogan was flustered at the end. He's like, yep, better than I could. Uh, yeah, like just like didn't know what to say, like totally got flustered. <laughs> that That's what gets my attention is when you can actually put the interviewer off their game that means you did it well, right. Look, and the Diaz brothers, they do that better than anyone. So we're going with that as the winner this week. I encourage all the yeah. listeners to like tell tell us, you know, tweet us, uh, send us a message on Facebook or leave a comment at the Soda Pod, which one you liked better. Um, yeah, the Derek Lewis one is legendary because I actually watched that fight too. So I was just, I was just howling because I was already like, oh my God, this was such an awesome fight. Came back. Derek- oh, I can't even imagine hearing that like clean, like live oh. versus like me coming in, like waiting, like, all right, Isha's got something funny for me. 
me to listen to. Like just having that randomly come up would be great. Dude, Hoppy and Derek Lewis, he's a big boy. He's one of those, he's a heavyweight and one of those fighters. He's not cut at all sort of thing, right? Like he, he, he's got that gut hanging there. He's a, he's a, he's a big boy. So watching that was, my, uh, my balls were hot. Well, yeah. My balls are hot was, uh, was hilarious. So, uh, but again, the Diaz brothers, they're always in for a soundbite or two there as well. So again, a successful Tim Peel's hot mic of the week back on the soda pod. And that's it for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us on this Monday. Um, thank you for tuning in on wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Google, Spotify, Apple podcast. The best thing you can do for us this week, any week is to give us five stars on iTunes and Apple podcasts, leave a kind review. Tell us what you're drinking it just helps us rise the rankings on Chartables, and we really appreciate that. If you're joining us for more hockey content, go listen to our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. On your app, please download the episode before you listen as it just helps our business. And for all you Vikings fans and pigskin fans out there, September 1st, Dylan and I, the creators of THPN, Eat, Drink, and Dine, the Basketball Podcast Network, bring you the Pigskin Podcast Network, September 1st. Vikings fan, we got a great podcast for you. And if you're a fan of other teams as well, like our friend uh, Joel, who's joining us Wednesday on Brewery Travels, there with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, a lot of great hosts, a lot of great shows, starting with us at the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can follow that as well at pigskinpodnet or the pigskinpodcastnetwork.com. Very excited about that one as well. Because we got some CFL content too. Woo! <laughs> uh, don't forget to follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod. Hoppy, where can they find you? You can find me at State of Hoppy. A lot. Of and you can follow the Hockey Podcast Network again at Hockey Pod Net or the Hockey Podcast Network. Com. You know the partners, Hoppy. They told us no one cares about the CFL. We don't care about Canadian content. I saw the downloads that these guys get, and I was like, fuck that. We're bringing CFL content on the Pigskin Podcast Network because it's not the NFL Podcast Network. That was already taken, unfortunately. It's the Pigskin <laughs> Podcast Network. Uh, so really excited about that. Again, all you football fans, I know there's a lot of them who listen to the Soda Pod. Uh, tune in for that. Uh, keep your eyes out for September 1st for the launch. Uh, that being said, great Wednesday episode coming up. A Big Minnesota Wild heavy episode, we hope, Friday, depending on what happens this week. But until then, signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, man? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.